0: Welcome to Spiritual Changemakers, the podcast that guides you through tough times with practical tools and inspiring stories. I'm Andrea Thomas, your host and the Sacred Transitions Coach. Join us as we hear from spiritual changemakers who have connected with their higher power and overcame adversity. Whether you are navigating a difficult transition or seeking to deepen your spiritual practice, our podcast provides guidance to help you find magic in the change. Come on this journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and transformation with us and unlock your potential to become your best self. Hello, welcome back for a new episode on Spiritual Changemakers. Today we have Connie, who is such a powerhouse. Oh my gosh, I have been following her journey for the last couple of years. And the way she has been dealing with her journey, the way she has been showing up in her life, not only for herself, but to inspire and help other women. It's been absolutely magnificent. And Connie, she's specializing on trauma. She's a trauma coach, and she's helping other women that undergo trauma. And she's a mother, a grandmother, and she has five nephews. Can you imagine? So she started way before the era of of the internet, way before the internet was even a thing. And she was able to bring her skills that she has learned from in-person business to the online world, and I have seen her thriving like crazy. Welcome, Connie! So Thank excited you. to have you. Thank you, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying yes to your heart, your soul, to be here and to share on this beautiful spiritual change makers podcast. And. I want to invite you with the first question I have for you is, how do you define spirituality? What does spirituality mean to you?
1: Well, well, first and foremost, I am a Christian and I've been one since I was 10 years Mm -hmm. old. And I walk and have walked all my life with a very strong faith that I know that God is a big part of who I am and what my life Mm -hmm. has always been Mm -hmm. and surrounding me and my family, my children, my friends, and just guiding. And Mm -hmm. so spirituality is like a very deep soul, heart part of life and and Mm -hmm. just life and spirituality also to me is it helps me and it makes me love life mm-hmm. and I think that's why this even though this is a hard thing to do on as you well know on the internet it keeps me going even when i have to hear the heart so that's what my spirituality is about and mm-hmm. mainly just being a christian that believes in christ yes yeah thank
0: you thank, thank you for thank sharing you. your views with us and uh, your point of view of spirituality yeah and Connie we met each other a few years ago I think it was actually right before I started on my very challenging journey
1: <laughs> I think so um, yeah, yeah right before yeah. I, I saw you changing through on your journey yeah
0: yes and it was so beautiful that we were able to still stay in each other's life, to stay yeah. connected, and even though we never met in person, we only met online and to witness each other's growth and evolution. And I have definitely seen you flourish and grow so much and so beautiful. And I wanna share with our audiences a little bit more of the journey. Like how was it for you before people even like Saw you online. What brought you to the online world? What brought you to share your message to the online? Because you were very comfortable and good in the offline space. Yeah. But not in the online. And you have started, I think, around two years ago, isn't it? On the online space. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit before that, but I really didn't do this part of it. And I wasn't really online to help other people. So yes, two years of this space.
0: Two years. And you help women, specifically women through trauma. Yeah. Could you share with us what got you to this point that you are like, okay, my mission right now, my purpose is to help other women through trauma. So the audience understands better.
1: It was actually an accident, a good accident. It was the summer three years ago. I was at a point in my life after going through the divorce, after a 36-year marriage, four years prior, I was at a point where I just was at rock bottom. I didn't know what I was going to do anymore. There had been so much trauma throughout the marriage and just life in general, a lot of problems with our families. And I had lost my mom two years after that, after the divorce. And my mom was my best friend. So her death was very sudden and during an operation. And so I just felt like I wanted to give out. And a friend of mine reached out to me and it started by, she, you know, knew I was a businesswoman all these years and reached out to me to join her in a business. And that's who I am. It's just, I love business. And so her reaching out to me brought me into network marketing online. And so I was already on the internet and on Instagram, but never to do anything with it other than just to connect friends and family. So it was just an accident. And so I started sharing my journey of starting to lose some weight and just feeling better and getting my life back by working on my health and there I shared one reel about my divorce and it went viral and from that point on five six million views and it was just on from there so many women you know started messaging and and I will well, admit to you, I cried for two solid weeks mm. because of what I was having to read and hear and almost like relive my trauma. And then I had to make a decision. Can I help these women or am I too broken? And I had already been four years into my journey that my health was giving way because of my, you know, the trauma. And I just decided... I think this will help me continue to heal. And that's what it's done. And that's why I'm here. Now, there are days and there are weeks that can be very, very hard still for me through trauma. I think all of us feel that way. But I feel like that it just helps me every time I see a woman go from total desperation and then they find their way again and start living little bits at a time I heal more and more and more and uh, it's hard for me to walk away from that and I love people I don't want anyone to go through what I went through so I've always said if one person is helped by the trauma that I went through it will have been worth it for me
0: Thank you for sharing, Connie. And, and I heard so many things there, so many nuggets there. And I want to start with the fact that you have decided and you said yes to helping other people, other women through their own trauma, even while you were still undergoing through it. So this really takes me back where so many people out there, they have this desire of helping Other women or men or both genders to help them based on what they've been through. But they are like, oh, no, I'm not fully healed. I cannot do it because I'm not fully healed. And I hear that so much, especially in the coaching and healing industry, where people are like, oh, I still need to heal. I still need to recover before I go and help someone else. And your story, what you just shared, it's the opposite, actually. By going right now, exactly where you are at on your journey, on your healing journey, it's actually going to help yeah. you heal. Yeah. Not just yourself, but the other person.
1: Exactly.
0: And exactly. I love that. Yes. yes. So I, I heard you saying that. And then it was also, you made the decision. You made yeah. the decision. You sat with yourself and you asked yourself, Is this something that they really Mm want to do and can do? Because it it is a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. The space Mm -hmm. that you are holding for women in this type of work and the care, it is a big responsibility Mm -hmm. in this type of work. So I heard you really like tuning in with yourself and tuning in with your heart and say, is this really the right thing to do right now for me and for them? And this is an invitation for all of you to really like tap in and listen first and foremost to your heart because your heart is going to know the right answer. Your mind is going to come with all the conditioning yeah. that the society yeah. has put on us, yeah. that has imposed on us that we have this illusion that we have to be at a certain level. We have to look in a certain way. We have to be healed. We add all these things Mm -hmm. on top before we even give ourselves permission to do anything for you Connie you said you started with network marketing and it's so amazing because so many people are like they I just don't know the first step I don't know what is the first thing to do and what I hear through your story is really to just allow yourself to be guided take Any sort of action that feels good Mm -hmm. without the expectation of how that is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's how your journey unfolded?
1: Yeah, I mean, I went into it mainly because of my health, but I also did have expectations of using it as a way to catapult into another business. But I didn't have any big plan and I just needed to find a way to start making differences in my health because I knew if if I didn't find that, that no matter how much I healed inside, I wouldn't have my body and my life there. So yes, and to the number one thing that I try to tell women and me, you know, oh. I just mainly work with women. But th- that's just what I feel called to do. But I've got in you know, on my followers. You can never feel like you have to arrive at a certain point if you feel that you're supposed to start doing something. Once you have that feeling and that calling, that nudge, whatever you want to call it, it's there for a reason. And if you feel like you need to take a step and help others or start a business or whatever it ends, that is there for a reason. And who says that you're totally healed anyway? Where would that be? So if I say I can't do it until I'm totally healed, will that be 10 years? Will it be 15 years? Where would that be? All I could do was I knew that I could help women. That were going through what I had already passed through, and from the experiences that I've had and the knowledge that I gained from my life, I knew I could help them, mm. and that's exactly what's happened. Now there's a journey ahead of me that I haven't yet, and there are women that have already gone before me, and I talk to those women and they help me. So. Yeah. We all have a place, even if you're just newly divorced or you newly lost someone, there's someone that is still even newer at it than you. And if you miss the opportunity to to help them, then that person might not get that chance again. And I'm really big on that. Holding your hand out for the next person is what I think it's all, all about.
0: Yeah, so it's enough to just be one step ahead of someone Mm -hmm. in order for you to be able to help them. And I don't remember where I've heard this before, but it took me to this quote while you were sharing that when you have that desire within you and you want to bring that into your life, how it would be like if you think that that desire also wants you, it desires you. So to come into it, oh, it's not that I want it, but it wants me. And you come together and then you bring it into the world. It's uh, I feel like it takes out the pressure that we put on ourselves that we have to do things on our own. We have to accomplish things on our own. And especially right. as women, honey, that we have been having this fight on equality with right. men. <laughs> and let me show Forever. you, let me prove you that I can do it. Yeah. I'm strong enough to do it on my own. And we come from this proving masculine energy which takes out the men's role in our life. And then right. the disconnections and the relationships are broken and the divorce are happening right. and right. and so on. And for how many years have you been married, Connie?
1: I was married 36 years.
0: 36 years. And what was that point, the culminant point that brought you to the place for both of you to be like, okay, that's it. We are getting a divorce
1: after 36 years of marriage. It wasn't a mutual thing. It was, he decided. He, he just decided. Said that, yeah. He said that he didn't want to be married anymore. Mm. So, yeah. So it wasn't mutual, but, you know, there had been a lot of issues leading up to that. But, it was a surprise.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what was your reactions, your feelings? What have you done in that moment when he gave you that
1: news? Well, I mean, it was a shock and it sent me into a year of the darkest time I think I've ever been in because it was, you know, all the expectations, all the plans for the future, all the plans going you know forward building a family building a life and then all of a sudden it just is no more it was very difficult it was Mm -hmm. a very very difficult year the first year yeah I was shocked and I think I was and just kind of numb for a while I was in California and I packed up and came back home to Texas to be with my family and be near my mom and to try to Mm. find my way
0: okay so you went close to your family yeah you had that support and love around yeah that's what I hear and what are some other things that you have done to support yourself during that journey and what are some tips and tools that we can also give To those that maybe are going right now through a separation, through a divorce, what are some things that they can do themselves to maybe don't stay a year in that Mm -hmm. dark place?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the very first thing that we have to get to when we find ourselves at that point, and I find the women that stay stuck or First of all, the women that can't finally see where they're at, and what that means is, when you've had the chance to get over, obviously the shock, and and get you know you start on your journey to healing, you have to be aware. It's awareness of where you are, and knowing that everything's changing, who you were the day before or when you were still married, it's no longer who you are anymore. You have to become aware of that. Now, it doesn't mean that you accept it totally and all of that, that takes time. But the awareness and not living in the fact that, oh, maybe this will change or maybe we won't get a divorce or maybe you have to be realistic where you're at. And then number one, is to stay connected with your support system, you cannot do trauma alone now, some people do, and I don't know how they do it or, you know superheroes as far as I'm concerned, yeah. but it takes everyone it takes a therapist, if you will, it takes your family, the people that understand it that aren't being ne- negative around you in pushing you in ways that are not right it's the ones that understand you and that are there through the good and the bad when you cry when you don't cry when you break down when you don't break down those people whoever those people are you've got to stay connected you have to and the ones that I've seen that have no one or stay disconnected when they're going through it, they struggle and they struggle and they struggle and they struggle and they struggle. The ones that I see finally let people in to help are the ones that move a little quicker in toward wanting to reach out for a new life. And I think that is key. And everything I've read, all the studying I've done, doctors work with trauma, that's you know the people around you is key yeah to Uh, it mm -hmm. and not isolating is the first thing you never want to isolate i I know you may have to withdraw a little bit and have some moments to yourself and and that is something that i do quite often but to Mm -hmm. isolate and totally withdraw you'll stay stuck for very very long i mean Mm -hmm. it can get Dangerous emotionally and mentally. I'm not a therapist. I do not have a degree in, you know, to be a therapist or a psychologist. But with all the studying I've done and all the trauma that I've been through, this is how I'm moving forward and getting from one step to the next step. And when I go backwards, I get back to that point. I ask my support system to surround me and help me again. I become aware of what's happening to me, why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, even if it takes a week if I have a trigger, and then I find that awareness and then I work through that, and then, as that the heaviness lifts from that moment of being triggered, then you can start healing that particular part of your trauma. And to me, it's like a building block. It's like building with Legos. I mean, you almost have to build on that last trigger that you're working toward and you become aware of what's happening, then the next one, then the next one. And then you get over the triggers quicker you don't hurt you don't wake up every morning and the first thing that happens is it floods you and it you know the sorrow is just too much to bear that starts beginning to get bad and Mm. it starts not hurting as bad it's bad and that's the journey Mm. and the journey i'm hearing from everyone that has gone through it
0: yes and i I know when I was after my partner passed, what I was doing in that moment, I was working with two therapists at once. I was working with an energy killer, a coach, and I was having all my friends around me not my family because I was in USA on that moment. So I didn't have any blood family, but I had my soul family. I had yes. my friends. And I remember just like crawling and crying and I was feeling so angry after my partner passed and at that moment I was looking for an answer of why like why did that happen why this happens to good people why he had to leave so early so I was consumed by that question at the beginning and the more I allowed myself be without having an answer to accept that I'm probably not going to be able to come with an answer that makes sense to my mind my logical mind and that everything it's gonna come together and I am going to understand it eventually because I'm a big believer that all these things they happen for us for our growth for our highest good and I knew I have to drop the why that's my invitation to you maybe you're asking oh but why am i going through this trauma why am i the one getting the divorce and my friends are not yeah you know yeah i really want to invite you to drop the why because that's just our mind trying to make sense of the experience of the pain and I feel like we are even hurting ourselves more by trying to find an answer on why things are happening the way they are. Yeah, And not being isolated, I want to give people some examples there of what is it they can do when they don't feel like being surrounded by people, when they are like, I'm so much in my pain right now, in my trauma, that I just don't have the energy to be around
1: people. And that happens a lot. I still have that a lot. It's not necessarily being in a social setting. That's why it has to be special people. Mm -hmm. That these people that you pick or that are surrounding you, they have to understand what you need and you have to tell them. You can't just expect them to understand, and especially if they've not gone through that kind of trauma. You have to tell them, I can't always talk to you about it. I can't always express why I'm so sad and why this is consuming me and hurting me so deeply. But I need you near me. I need you to be here. Sometimes I will talk to you. Sometimes I can't. So, it's almost like you have to give them instruction and be kind enough to tell them, You are my lifeline, but this is how I need you to be my lifeline. And most, and if they're the right people, they will receive it. And that's what's happened, you know, for me. I mean, you get those people that say, Well, you need to move on. I hate those words with a passion. (laughs) Move on from what? From 36 years of my life? I'm moving on. You know, I don't even want to go there. So those are not my people. You know who your people are. And you may find people along the way as well. You could go to therapy group. You could find someone at work that you connect with in this way that you didn't know was gonna be that person for you. And everyone will have a purpose, and when you need them, they'll be there, but you have to be kind enough to tell them what you need. You cannot just expect them to know. It's not fair. It's not fair. You know, just like you, you've lost a partner. I haven't lost a partner to death, so I can't understand your pain, As much as I understand my pain. So, to be able to be fair, if you're going to support me, I have to be able to talk to you about it and tell you what my support needs to be. And that sometimes I need a little space from not a lot of questions coming at me, not a lot of explanations. Let me do that as I can do it. And I don't know about your experience, but the talking, comes over time i 'm able to express it to certain people more and more and more as the years go by and and it makes more sense at that point when i'm able to deal with it internally, mm-hmm. I can express that outwardly mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, and for me i I was able i would say to express it and talk about it from the beginning, but it was more how I was expressing it. Because at the beginning, when I would talk about it, I would always cry. Like I couldn't do it without crying. And now it's more of tears can still come up, but it comes from a different place. I'm able to share from a different depth of the experience. Right. And so you were saying to really make sure to communicate your need, what you need with the people around you so they know how to support you and what was coming for me while you were sharing that it's what if people don't even know what they need they're like but i don't know what i need and why would you tell those people that they are like but i don't know what i need because you fluctuate so much you know within your emotions with with how you feel with what you want what you need right it's like from One minute to another right now, you want to dance and you want to sing. And the next, like maybe during that song, you're going to hear something that triggers an emotion that takes you back to the trauma and you're just going to start crying.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you kind of answered that because. Yes, as I was going through, especially the deepest sorrow where I cried most of the time and it was, you know, that wailing type of cry. I didn't know what I needed, but I did know that I needed someone that could hear me and that just would let me talk and let me cry as I talk. So I don't know that you will say to yourself, I need this person to do. I think it's more or less saying to the community that, that you have, whoever those people are, I'm not myself right now. I don't know who I am right now. I don't know why I'm struggling like this, but I do know that you are a big part of my journey and I feel safe when I'm around you. And I need you to know that there are going to be times that I don't know how to communicate with you. I just need you there. And I think it's more or less just Letting the people know that you trust them and that you need them. I don't think anyone can know what they're going to need. Yeah. That's my opinion. I mean, I don't know that I've spoken all of that exactly right. But, and I don't know what your experience is about your friends. You know, when you were crying and not able to communicate how you were able to tell them what you needed, maybe maybe you have a better grip on that where you could share more of that.
0: Yeah. So um, I remember after my partner passed that I couldn't go home. I couldn't go at home and be there in that house right away. So a friend of mine in that moment, she said, Andrea, you can just come and stay with us. And You don't have to do anything. You just come. You have your room. We have children, but this is our life. You're more than welcome to come and be with us. And I went and I stayed there for two weeks after my partner passed. And slowly before that, before I moved back to the house, I started going maybe just to check in, see, okay, how can I even step into the house without him being here? Can I even be around his things? So I did it a very slow process. And in those moments, what how I communicated my needs, I told my friends that right now I feel like a child, like a baby, just needs to be taken care of. That's exactly mm. how I felt. I'm like, like, you might even have to feed me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so even good at that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I cannot even feed myself. Yeah. So it was really allowing myself to go like to the depth of like being okay or not being okay being so vulnerable and being like okay i need you maybe even watch me i need you to feed me i need you to remind myself to eat maybe come and just take me out of the house because if not i'm just gonna stay closed in the room the whole day but just check in with with me to see Am I able to do that today? Am I capable of even just going out on a walk? Yeah. So I really allowed myself to be in that state of feeling like a child that just needs to be loved and taken care of. Okay.
1: And that's awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah and, and it's powerful because I've, I've healed so much around community. Yeah. I healed so much around feeling. Being safe to ask for help and receive the help and not feeling like I 'm a burden when I ask for help because everyone is so busy and I don't want to take up their time because everyone oh has their life and knowing oh that people want to help help people truly want to help and it's such a beautiful gift that we also give them when we ask for help when we allow them to help us it goes both ways i agree because it's it's the same when when you have a friend no and it goes through a a hard time and you would love to help them but you don't know how yeah don't you feel like so good and so fulfilled in your heart it's growing so much when they're like i need help with this. Can you buy me self-food? Can you buy me a drink? Can you just listen to me right now? Whatever it yeah. is, yeah. it feels so good to be there for that person. And it's the same on the other
1: side. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly right. And I know there are people that don't feel like they have that community, but I think everyone has someone. And I think it just is giving yourself permission. And and as you were talking, the one thing that I do know that happens a lot, like you were saying, not wanting to take people's time and shame is something that comes in with trauma in a big way. And, you know, women who are raped, and that's not what we're talking about, but for some reason, shame is something that just comes along with it. And I think the idea that you need people, that you're taking their time and all of that, I think that's something that people need to understand. When the shame starts coming in, you have to talk to someone and work through that because there's no shame in going through trauma. There's no shame in needing someone and needing the help, but your brain's going to go to that because that's the way our society is. Is programmed, and you have to be ready to let go of that shame and just be vulnerable, like you said you were, just being like a child that needs to be held and loved back, like a child that falls off of their bike. They may not be hurt really bad, but they need some encouragement that they're okay and that they're safe. And with the kind of trauma that we've experienced. Feeling safe is huge. I'm sure it is for you as well. But feeling safe in my surroundings and the people that are near me, you're not having to be careful about what I say, what I do, and talking about what's happened to me and not feeling like, you know, can you just stop talking about that? Feeling safe is big. It's a big thing. And there again, you've got to express it. You've got to express to the people that you feel are your support system
0: yes and also the timeline was coming through while you're sharing because i think we have this false expectation that we put on ourselves on how long do we think we need in order for us to heal in order to go over the trauma and we get into this Energy into this space of, okay, I'm going to give myself a few weeks or a few months, whatever, to work it through. And then I should be good. And then I should get over it. Or if it takes longer than a year, then you think there is something wrong with you. Because, oh, but I've seen other people overcome this so much faster. Why am I not healing so fast? So this, comparison and false expectations that even like for me what it came a very very strong one after the my partner passed is like how soon it's too soon for me to meet a new man
1: oh yes okay cool
0: Cool. that was a very strong and powerful one that came through for me after my partner passed and I realized in, in those moments, how conditioned I am, You're, how conditioned I am by the society. Yeah. We are. Yes. Because there is no, there is no right or wrong answer. No. no matter how fast or how many months or years it takes for you to find someone new, for you to heal. It's, there is no right or wrong. And it's so individual. Okay. For every person based on your uniqueness, your life experience. Yeah.
1: It is very, very individual. Yes. I'm seven years post-divorce and I still have some very hard days. It just doesn't happen overnight. And yes, you can push some of it away and not let it come out and deal with it right away. And then it just pushes it further out into the future. But if you truly want to find and restore a life for yourself, a new life, which is what you will do, you've got to let those trauma and the grief work. You have to. You have to feel it. You have to just let it happen, even though it's so uncomfortable sometimes. And some days, if I'm really sad, I'm like, really don't want to do this anymore you know i just don't want to feel this way but then once i get through that moment whatever moment if it's a 24-hour moment or whatever then i come out of it and i'm like okay i see why i needed to see that again i see that i put blinders on and i need to see this or what it really is Mm -hmm. but i can move forward and Build a new life for myself without all all of that baggage coming out again in ten years, and that to me is true healing—a true journey of healing. Whether it takes five years or twenty years, it doesn't matter. But in the meantime, you will have joy. A lot of people have asked me, "When will I be happy again?" You can have grief and joy all in the same body and all in the frame experience. And that joy that in fact I probably have more peace and more happiness. I mean, I'm not like ecstatically happy, but the happiness that I feel is very real and authentic and the joy that I have to be building a new life—it's right here, even when I'm crying my eyes in It's still there, and so you can have both of those at the same time. it da- It's not going to be all, you know, grief, and then one day you'll wake up and you'll be happy. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, it's, uh, yeah.
0: it's not the one or the other. Not it's as, not like okay, now I'm just going through my darkest moments and I'm just sad and I'm just crying and I'm just feeling it all. And then you come to the other side and you're only happy and joyful and you're not going to experience any of this yet because that's not life. That's not life. It is the ebb and flow. It is the up and down. And I know I was able also to experience the... The purest love and the most beautiful moments while I was going through the journey with my partner, while we were in the hospital. I remember a few days before he passed, we, we had dinner and we took a shower and we weren't able to do that in the last few weeks. And he had that spark of energy. If any of you have been through a loss, you probably read about it. He had that spark of energy and we were able, like, he ate and we took a shower. And I remember being so happy and so Mm -hmm. joyful for just doing those regular things, those normal things. I was like in awe. So we also learned to appreciate the mundane things, the day-to-day things at such a different level when we undergo those tough challenges, those experiences, the traumas. Yeah. I've
1: noticed that before the trauma and before the divorce, I was always in such a go, go, go situation and always a fight or flight mentality. And my patience was just much thinner. My outlook on life had become very much more cynical. And, you know, i am just never been a pessimist, but I had become more of that. And I noticed that after I was able to work through the first three years of just realizing what my life was going to look like in mm-hmm. the future, everything changed. I was surprised by the patience and the love that I had for just the simple things and just seeing things differently than I have ever seen them and like you said it just comes from taking one day at a time one step at a time you can't climb a staircase all the stairs at one time you have to go one couple of stairs at a time and it just has to be that way
0: and what I have learned about pain and trauma is that it's such a powerful and I look at it as a portal because I love the energy and I love talking in those terms. And I look at when we go through these challenging times, through the traumas, that it is like a portal for us to access really the depths of our soul, the depths of parts that have never been touched and really be miraculously surprised of your strength, your wisdom, of how you are coping, how you are dealing with that situation.
1: I agree. I agree. I think one thing that has really hit me over the past few weeks is when someone goes through what we've gone through losing someone divorce abuse whatever that trauma looks like i'm finding that people think that grief is crying and working through just the emotions but that's just the tip of the iceberg it's finding yourself standing and thinking i spent you know I spent 20 years with this person, getting to know them, loving them, you know, working through good and bad. We had plans. We had a future plan. We did all the things that it took to, you know, build a life. And those things come to a stop. They come to an end. Mm -hmm. And they come to an end at a time that you didn't expect it to come to an end. So you're sitting there and you're having to not only grieve that person or that loss, you're having to grieve the very life. Sorry. Sorry. The very life. I think what makes me cry is when a woman cares cred that they can have a new life and they stay stuck in the trauma. Then I've got a few that I'm working with now that they can't see past any of the trauma. They can't see past the deep pain. But you have to sit with that and you have to realize that the life that you thought you had, you did get to love and build something beautiful, even if it had the stone, even if it ended in divorce. It wasn't all, all a waste of time. That part of my life wasn't for nothing. And that's a Hard one because a lot of people think I'm divorced. Was it just all for nothing? Mm-hmm. What was 36 years of my life just gone? But it wasn't. Yeah. But then right. we have to look forward to what is my life going forward. And that's what I want for women more than anything is for them not to stay in that part that makes them feel. Like they're worth nothing. And that's why I do what I do Mm -hmm. right there. Thank you. Thank you Connie for sharing.
0: And I know many women out there need your support and your wisdom. So thank you for sharing. And we have a question. She's asking us if we think that we can go from an abusive relationship to a healthy one.
1: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely, it's going to take some work and it's going to take the healing. You've got to work through the healing of what did that abuse do to you? Cause the triggers will be there when you see mm-hmm. something similar, it's going to trigger you. And whether you work with a therapist and yeah. a group or people around you, you have to find healing. I believe life and love. Can be definitely started over most definitely, yes, that's a big mm-hmm. yes
0: beautiful, mm-hmm. and I would also I want to add there that as long as both parties both people are willing to do their work yeah. and show up differently, I would also say that yes, it is possible to go from an abusive to a health one, but there has to be. The commitment yes. from both sides to do the work and show up differently, and to look within, to look at each person to look at themselves.
1: I agree. Definitely. Mm. It's not going to be an easy journey, but I would say it would be a beautiful journey. Yeah, uh, as yeah. long as you know, like you said, those people have to want it. And
0: thank you, Connie. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Spiritual Changemakers podcast. To stay connected and help us reach more people like you, please subscribe, follow, and leave a comment. Join our community of spiritual changemakers on social media to connect with like-minded individuals and continue the conversation. Remember, the power to create positive change is within you. Keep showing up as your best self and let's keep the magic of change alive. Until next time.